Hey everybody, Luke here. Um, welcome back to the Moments Podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in again. Uh, we've got David today from Work Life. Um, David, hello. Hello, Luke. Um, it'd be great to start us off with just a little bit of background about you, if that's okay. Sure. So, uh, What's your story? My story. I'll give you the, the short, the short <laughs> in a nutshell version. Uh, so my name's David Kosky. I'm one of the co-founders for Work Life. Uh, we're a co-working company that is really focused on understanding workplace happiness and trying to help our members and the businesses in our spaces achieve it. Okay, cool. And what does that mean? So I think it means a lot for different people, but our view is that people spend a lot of time at work and a happy workforce has a lot of impacts in productivity and Retention, there's loads of rational business benefits. If you yeah. as a business can deliver, a ha- well, you can make your team happy. And then we recognise that uh, there's an e- this, the element that we control is the space, right? It's the experience yeah. that people get. It's, it's what they feel when they're in the office. And we know, so whilst we can't impact on all elements, we really think that a happy team has loads of rational business benefit or business benefits um, for for businesses and our members uh, and our piece of the workspace and really understanding what we can do from an experience and a space perspective to make yeah. uh, to add value to our members and that is really key and that's where we spent a lot of time understanding all the key drivers yeah. um, for workplace happiness and really try and consistently evolve what we're doing to achieve it. Cool. How do you get to this point? What did you do before? Uh, so my story, so I started in asset management. Okay. Um, okay. So, so very did, different. Very, very different. <laughs> but I went to work, right? I worked in an yeah. office like yeah, everyone. Yeah. Uh, and I did that for seven years and I think it was really interesting. It was like a lot. I, <clears throat> I got to a point where I had to either commit to the career you know, become like a professional suit and tie wearer. Yeah. And it, I really just couldn't see myself doing it. And yeah. it didn't help that I worked for, like a lot of people, a business which was really great, but <clears throat> were quite antiquated in their understanding of like, employees yeah. and how they treated them. And I think back then, even five years ago, was really different, right? We've yeah. moved, things have moved along so much in terms of the responsibility that business owners now um, have and yeah. feel in delivering and really looking after their team. Right? Yeah. They, they understand that the team is their biggest asset. Yeah, uh, and I made the decision that I really had an entrepreneurial bug, and so yeah. I left work not knowing what I was going to do. My parents thought I was mad. <laughs> I, not many people walk away from like a hedge fund asset management <laughs> business with yeah. no idea. Uh, and then I took some time out, and um, and just like a lot of things, I met. It was like luck and timing, and my business partner um, was in a very similar boat, okay, and we actually cool. started chat. We were on a mutual hol- friends holiday in Ibiza. Okay. We both left our jobs and we, we had no idea yeah, we yeah. what you were going to do. And started chatting about it and um, yeah, we met, spent the next few months just really looking at the market and thinking about what, what we wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And I here you that, are. And here we are. And I think and that was December, when did I leave my job? September 2014. And okay. then we had our, our first space opened by uh, August. Yeah. Eight, uh, August next year. Okay. It's all happened quite quickly. Yeah. And how many spaces are you up to now? Uh, So by then this year, 15. Okay, wow. 15 on the co-working side. And we just launched a new managed, a bit of solution for bigger businesses. Yeah, okay. Okay, Because ultimately they have the same needs, right? Yeah. Especially a lot lot more businesses now. Exactly. There are a lot more businesses who are 
not your big corporates with the huge budgets, but still a 50, 100 person business. And I suppose the, this new solution we're doing is delivering them all the perks and um, best bits of co-working, but with their own front door. Yeah, okay, cool. So it's interesting. Yeah, very interesting stuff. Um, so uh, there's a book that I've read uh, from a guy called Jacob Morgan called The Employee Experience. Yeah. <clears throat> something to that effect. And he talks about the physical environment, the culture and the tools to enable you to do your job. That's yeah. like the component parts of a great employee experience. Um, what do you think is the role um, of the physical environment in the employee experience? I think it's a massive one. I think it's, it's the starting point, right? Yeah. I think the, um, uh, you know, work is like we were talking about it earlier, work has become a consumer experience, right? And yeah. people, it's a big, big part of um, how people choose who they want to work for. Yeah. And a written workplace is key because it's where people spend a lot of their day. And if it's done incorrectly, it can be really detrimental to health, but also to like mental well-being. Yeah. Uh, so we think it's really, really key. It's definitely not the only element, like you've said, but we think it's a really, really big one. I think, and that's part of the reason I think co-working has grown, right? Because yeah. historically, smaller businesses, you you couldn't, you know, you were sort of relegated to a basement somewhere or some, you know, something where there was no real experience or service level. And I think that's yeah. what co-working has been really pioneering, but especially for smaller businesses. Yeah. Now you obviously seeing bigger businesses want to get in on the action. Yeah. yeah. But it's, you know, the um, curating the workspace, which is difficult for a small business, yeah, is key. I think that's actually been one of the big drivers for co-working right yeah I would agree and the other thing I talk about a lot is about um, experience comes from like the heart of the brand and what does the brand stand for definitely so um, I guess you are evolving the experience expectation of loads of brands how do you help them keep their own identity so that they're differentiated in the experience that they provide in a consistent physical space it's, that's a really good question. Look, ultimately, we can. So we, from our own perspective, yeah, uh, we've thought very, very carefully about just the whole experience, the, from a design perspective to the things we're doing, the perks and things yeah, we're offering. Yeah. So the uh, one of the decisions we made really, really early on was to keep purposefully keep our spaces smaller. So we saw, co you know, for us, we really wanted to build a personal connection with our members, be there to support them, to really have a very warm experience when they came. Yeah. There. And we didn't feel with a lot of co-working spaces that getting bigger and bigger that you sort of lost that. You became a bit of a number, especially for not all of our members are businesses, right? So yeah. a number of them are freelancers and people working by themselves. Yeah. Uh, and we thought that sense of belonging is something we really wanted to uh, be very, very focused on. Yeah. So And it, it is a real balance. So for us, it's about doing all the stuff that will... Add value to a business, add value to a business, but not being overstepping the mark. So I think, and I think it happens naturally. I think most of these businesses have their own culture, quirk, yeah, and they yeah. do what they, they they have their own culture, they have their own team, their own way of doing things, and we just try and deliver the the space and the you know the experience around it just to yeah. enhance it. Yeah, sure. Um, okay. But yeah, I think a lot of the, you know, especially as you get bigger and bigger, you know, and more and more people, that culture becomes more concrete and established. Yeah. Um, so it, has, it actually happens quite naturally. It's not something that we have to think too hard about. Yeah, okay, interesting. And then maybe a linked question in terms of this experience is um, if you look at 
the world of the consumer, by yeah. which we've likened this to. Um, the high street is struggling. Loads yeah. of stores are closing. Yeah, um, in a big way. E-commerce over the last 10 years has exploded. Yeah. Um, and drives a huge amount of convenience. And yeah. that, for me, there's quite a lot of parallels in remote working versus physical environment. It's all becoming less personal. Um, what, um, like, what does the physical environment bring that is near impossible to recreate in a remote environment? Well, it's an interesting one, right? Because there's a lot of talk about agile work. Yeah. Which I'm sort of something we want to talk about. Our view, which is almost like anthropological, but yeah. our views yeah. were people. So uh, we have a lot of freelancers who historically have worked from the coffee shop or the kitchen table. And I remember when I set the business up, I did that for a while. Yeah. And, you know, it's great doing a few conference calls. You've got your, tie, your shirt on, but you're in your underwear. <laughs> Everyone's enjoyed that. Yeah. But I just think we're, human, we're humans, right? And we need personal connections. So I think all the stuff, you know, and, and we as a team, we encourage our team to work remotely. They go to all the different spaces, but there's value in having people working together. Yeah. And you've seen it in the bigger businesses now. So you can see a lot more of these big, big companies are encouraging agile working. Yeah. Now their incentive is, they, are, they used to take these big, big offices, everyone used to have a desk. It's completely it was a space huge, saver, right? Huge well, waste, right? There's a yeah. commercial reason, but they will always have. So what we expect to see is that HQs will always be there. They may get smaller, but they'll always be there. Yeah. So there's loads of great tools and we encourage our team to use them and work remotely. Yeah. But we are real believers of personal connection. Yeah, yeah. And that's why we chose, once again, to keep our spaces smaller because it's all about that personal connection that our team, and obviously, Steve, you've been in, in our spaces, you know what it's like. That's what it's about, right? It's yeah. about a, a personal connection. Cool. No, that's good. Good, 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 good. Um, yeah, you got one. A there little, you go. A little caveat. You got a shout yeah. out. There you go. Yeah, you can have a shout out. Um, so, why um, why do you think this space continues to grow in terms of flexible and co working environments? There's loads of advantages, of like yeah. we've just talked about, in terms of being in this physical environment in which you've got something to belong to, in which there's flexibility in the way in which you decide to work. Yeah, but why? Why do you see a new one come up on the corner of every street in London? Like, why is it so popular? Why is it so popular? Because there's a big backlog of demand, right? Well, there's, there's a. I mean, it's a big question. There are loads of trends, <laughs> yeah, right? Sorry, huge question. It's but a big yeah. question. It's a good one. There are, lo there are loads of different trends. Number one, huge. I mean, we are. You know, our general, you know, today's generation yeah. is incredibly entrepreneurial, yeah. right? So there's loads more, and it's an attitudinal change. Historically, you'd go to a big business, right? You'd, yeah. you'd inspire to go, you'd want to get into a big business. Now, that's not for everyone. And a lot of people now are, are preferring to join a smaller business. Yeah. They get more, it's, you know, it's more purposeful. They get more involved in the business. They have more sense of belonging. There's loads yeah. of different things. Lots more variety. Lots more variety, more responsibility. Um, not just a number, you know, yeah. you're, you're a valued player. So I think, look, uh, high level, so there's uh, demand supply. There's a, simply, there's a lot of demand and yeah. not a lot of supply. Um, but also it's because this is the way at a certain end, I'm getting to like the property chat now, but from a property perspective, there's yeah. a, um, there's a real, 
it's all the space as a service now is what people expect, right? So as co-working's yeah. grown, for example, there's been more and more businesses that have come through it, and the reality is these even bigger businesses now they don't want to focus on running their office. Yeah, They're growing yeah. and contracting. They don't, but you know what? They want it to be fully serviced. They want people to understand design to do it. They don't want to have to be fitting out space because it's not what their core business yeah, does. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's like, it's just in general, the whole way the world's moving, right? It's about flexibility. And, and what you've got is a property, historically a very antiquated property business where yeah. you'd have to take a 10-year lease and you do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, and you just get a shell and you've got to fit it out. And, and it's amazing how even the, you know, these landlords are struggling to deal with it. And that's so the landlords in our market need good operators because this this market is like the hotel yes. market, yeah, right? Yeah, the yeah, hotel indeed. market. Yeah. Landlords who've got loads of cash, great buildings, they haven't got an operational business and they haven't got a brand. They yeah. don't know how to deliver it, and so they partner up with co-working operators. Yeah, indeed. So it's a number of different things. Supply demand is a key one. Yeah. Uh, but this is how people, you know, people value the their experience, their delivering to their team. So I think. Yeah. More and more business are willing to pay a bit of an a bit more, yeah, um, for it to be a really curated experience, yeah, delivered by people who are, are, understand hospitality and all the things these guys, you know, yeah, businesses yeah. of different sizes need. Cool. So it's really interesting, but you basically got a very old school property industry. That's yeah, with a whole new operating up. model, right? Well, they yeah, a whole new demand profile. Yeah, that's yeah. the interesting thing. It's like you have got. That it used to all come through a traditional funnel where you had to take, yeah, but that's yeah. now loads of businesses now historically would have taken a lease and now choosing to go flexibly. The bigger businesses, because they're reducing their foot, their their HQs, yeah, are choosing to put their project teams into you know Small products like our like your yours. solution and man, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's coming from all sides. There's more small demand and more uh, bigger demand. Yeah, indeed. But uh, yeah, the reality, the, the the interesting thing is the. Um, is the finding the operators and the brands who really get it get it yeah yeah completely okay interesting um next question for me i had was just around one of the points that you touched upon earlier which is the impact of the physical environment on people's health well-being happiness and ultimately productivity yeah um I think the the most fascinating thing for me is I get tech and digital and the way yeah. in which you would design to lead to an experience outcome. But you've got a blend of like architecture, yeah. interior design yeah. in the way in which you create the right kind of physical environments for Definitely. people. And different great. people, right? And, and different people expectations. Introverts, extroverts. Locations, what's socially normal in Shoreditch is very different to the West End. Yeah. Very different. So... Um, you mean aesthetically, what yeah, things look like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, and the building, right? The buildings are very different in yeah. different places around London. Um, how do you get that right? Uh, it's with a lot of thought. Oh, uh, who says we've got it right? I think we're, we're thinking, <laughs> we're thinking really. Gone from 1 to 15 in the last few years, yeah. you're probably getting something right. No, but um, look, <laughs> for us, it's all about our MPS and our members and the reviews, so we really do listen. Like, yeah. I says they listen, but we really do listen. Yeah. The, uh, it is a really interesting one. So how do you do it? Well, you've got, there's, there's some key elements that we try and adhere to. So like natural light for us is key. So yeah. we look for buildings where the natural light is because that is proven that people yeah, yeah. need uh -huh. natural light. Lo Location-wise, it's a case of 
what's interesting about London is there are different types of businesses that sort of gravitate to London, to different locations, yeah, yeah. right? So you'll find more yeah. corporate businesses in the city, yeah. uh, and uh, versus what we're doing. So if we did something in the city, yeah. for example, it would look very different to what we're doing in Soho. Yeah. And that's, so we don't, and we really thought a lot about this in the when we first set up the business because we have, we take space on the ground floor. We thought, we thought that are we a quite, you know, in essence, we are partly quasi-retail. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. you go to every prep, it looks the same. You go to every, but then we decided, we, we thought that the conclusion we made was like, no, we, each yeah. space needs to be different. Yeah. But needs to really be very functional. Yeah. And then that's the, the, a lot of co-working space and they can look great, but they need to be really functional. Yeah. So for us, we try and, we try and design the spaces really considerately. Yeah. And we look at, we're consistently looking at the type of seating positions we have. And you try and design, you just try and design it for introverts and extroverts and, you know, some extroverts are feeling introverted at some stages <laughs> yeah. and they want, so people want to work collaboratively, they want to work privately, they want to work in teams, they need to make phone calls. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a whole proper workplace strategy yeah. piece. But you're consistently looking and changing and learning. Yeah. But there's some basic elements, right? Yeah, indeed. I think for some people that listen to this, they're in much, much larger businesses. Yeah. And one of the things, even I, I, even I see it with myself, is like, if I want to concentrate, I'd rather go and sit in a cafe than I would at my desk. Yeah. Uh, just because of background noise and the fact that I'm not going to be distracted by interactions in, yeah. and put my headphones in and just um, get to work. And then there's other environments where you want everybody together. And there's all of this complexity is... Um, it's much, much harder to design for than I think most give appreciation for. Definitely. Unlike, gone are the days of um, pretty much blue for floors, standard desks in little cubicles. Yeah. Because most offices now don't, most good offices get it right now and don't have this standard construct of the layout of the office and they've got more open spaces and like small spaces and all of those things. But how, how can... I, I see what you guys are doing as like the top end because people are, the harder thing with smaller businesses is how uh, picky and choosy they can be and they could move to the next one and move to the next yeah. one and move to the next one and they're not going through, you know, we've got to move our HQ of 4,000 people. Yeah, it's big, not as significant as yeah. that, right? Well, that's so, that's why it should be flexible. So the, the cost flexible. of change has... Uh, less implications, right? So, and the service model is much more flexible. Um, but how do how do larger businesses create the same kind of environment? In wow, with all of these considerations and the baggage in which they've got, I guess it's a challenge because I think a lot of the environment. There's two parts, right? There's the the design of it. And yeah, we have workplace designers that look at stuff. I mean, yeah, and it, there are people that get it right and then people that get it wrong. What's interesting now is there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of a lot of people, businesses now encouraging agile working, and that's great because yeah. it take you know there's far more focus on breakout space and different working positions. Yeah, uh, I still yeah, lots of big businesses still don't get it right. And then there's then there's the the people side. Yeah, and how that how that office is run. Yeah, which is a which is a big big part of it. But I, look for those for the bigger businesses, there are some that are really dealing with it and getting on with it, and there are others that aren't. The yeah. end of the market we're in, 
it is we're maybe dealing with that bigger businesses project team. Yeah. And we've had people like EY and, you know, lots of other bigger businesses. Yeah. And, you know, we can, for them, that we can really control their experiences. Yeah. But, yeah, I, look, I think all these big companies are investing in their office space, right? I yeah. I mean, they need to. Because like we said, it's such a big part of, everyone's yeah, seen indeed. the Facebook, Google, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a key part of it. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure on for big businesses because they know that, and we know some, that they just can't retain. If you just can't compete, right? It's one of a number of things that yeah. businesses need to get right. Yeah. But it's so hard if, as a starter point if you don't have a place that people want to spend their time. Yeah. I mean, really indeed. simply put. Yeah. Yeah. No. Completely. Completely. You do spend eight hours a day or ten hours yeah, a day or whatever. Long, there, longer yeah. if you're work. You know, if you're a startup and you're busting your gut. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Um, so the other thing we talk a lot about at Mo is um, building stronger relationships. Yeah. Um, the work environment for me has a real opportunity to do that. Um, how, or one, do you, and then secondly, how do you um, think about creating an environment where people can get together and build stronger relationships? Uh, yeah, but answer one, yes, <laughs> how do we do it? So, well, we have to sort of practice what we preach with our own team, because we've yeah. got a 60-person team now, and okay, yeah. some of them all around London, and yeah. Uh, so, so there's a couple of different ways. The, um, well... So from a member's perspective, the, we really encourage that personal relationship. Yeah. Um, and so the way that we design our spaces is really key to it. So like we don't have a set, one example, we don't have a separate reception desk. Okay. We actually integrate the reception with our kitchen area. Okay. So our members are actually, because we know it's a touch point for members. Everyone gets out yeah. and people make a cup of tea, yeah, a coffee yeah. or whatever, make lunch. And we actually really want to facilitate that sort of yeah. uh, interaction. Um, but the, for our own team, it's, it, so for our own team, it's key, right? So what are we doing for them? I mean, the, the uh, we really focus on trying to be, well, remind me the question again. <laughs> I lost so, um, we talk a lot about, um, strong working relationships. Okay, yeah. So, um, you've got the design consideration for people on the front of yeah. house being right yeah. by the kitchen. And then you've also got your team 60 people yeah, yeah. london reading manchester around, i think yeah. i read so like how do you bring people closer together so we good good question uh, especially if they're geographically not yeah, close right hard. i think the first thing is we only hire people from so from our perspective uh, we only hire people that are we feel hit the brand you know meet yeah. the brand values and embody yeah. them yeah i think that already uh, it's, it's so interesting how much brand values of a business now yeah. is what attracts people and what we use to cross-reference. Do we feel, and we yeah. really do hire against them. So as a start, we can teach yeah. someone whatever skill they may be lacking, but do they? Yeah, yeah. I think that's really, really start. It helps, and and then so we start right from the beginning. It's like we involve our team. It's all very democratic, right? Our team get involved in yeah. and how in how they hire. We're really, really thoughtful about how we onboard people. So, we, like we do for our for our members, for our own team, it's a really warm, yeah. welcoming experience because everyone's been hired. You know, knowing that they tick our brand values. Yeah, everyone's really sociable and friendly. Yeah, or de- war, you know, welcoming and friendly. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's that really start. That's like the catalyst at the beginning. Yeah. And then, uh, then we do. There's lots of things we do, like company rocks. We get everyone behind them. 
we break them down so everyone's involved with them. We try and like reward everyone equally. Yeah. So we didn't, but we don't bonus. For example, if the company hits, you know, we, yeah. we put a pot aside for these rocks that no matter what level you're at, you will, everyone gets the same thing if the company hits okay. them. Yeah. Um, we've moved away from like the idea of uh, moved away the idea of like bonuses around um, you know individual performance. Like, yeah. And we do try and do lots of socials, and it's the same. Uh, yeah, lo yeah, loads of stuff. We're just very focused on it. We've got a head of people. We've got you know uh, we've yep. got a team, a chief happiness officer, like okay. doing loads yeah, of things yeah. that for us, our team, it, they're so key because that's they're the relationships that keep our members happy, looked after, and so they're. The, I mean, we put a lot of emphasis on our team, like yeah. learning development budget, and all this sort of stuff. But strong relationships. Yeah, ideally they happen because you get the right people in the business and you get the, bring the right people in. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Okay, no, that's, that's good. But that's, that's for good. us. For members, it's another. For members, there's a. For for members, it's slightly different, right? For members, the individual. For members, there's freelancers and local uh, freelancers yeah. and hot deskers and, ha you know, we try and do. We try and obviously because our space is smaller, we can really build a personal rela relationship yeah. with them, and then we through you know the space we try and encourage them to meet other members and lots lots you of you do like community events and stuff loads right? of, loads of community events loads of fun stuff yeah, but yeah we let our managers choose right there's nothing yeah. it's not come it doesn't come down from mothership you have to do this event you have to yeah, yeah all the all the managers in each of the spaces let we let them run it as their space you know they they know their members yeah and they listen so they do the sort of yeah, stuff that yeah. people want so some do more networking events than others Perfect. That's good. That's good. But people get to know each other. And yeah, that's the big difference between our spaces and others, that people actually really do make a connection because it's smaller, right? They may not do business together or they may do business together. Yeah, indeed. We, we've, we found that. So we were at the office group for yeah. a bit and we never, hardly ever spoke to anybody. We just came in, did our thing, left. Yeah. And there was, no, there, was, there was no incentive or, I guess, stimulated interaction between people. Yeah. Um, the point is, it can't be forced, right? It's not all about community. You, know, it can't yeah. be, you have to go talk to that person. Yeah. No, thank you. Oh, exactly. <laughs> it's got to be like it's there if you want to do it. There are yeah. introverts and extroverts. It can't be like a cult. Yeah. You know? yeah. But yeah. people, yeah. you need to give people the opportunity, that, especially for the individuals. It's really, it's really key. But fundamentally, look, for these small businesses, they don't necessarily, you know, they can obviously encourage strong working relationships within their team, yeah. but we're there to enhance it through the events and the social stuff. Yeah, doing. yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's cool. An, it's an interesting area. Yeah, it's, it's a goodie. It's a goodie. Um, it would be really good to just get a sense of what you guys are doing with, uh, you recently launched yours, yeah. which is your, your own front door space into the same kind of environment, right? It's for bigger bits. So it's basically all, for all the purpose of co-working. Yeah. Delivered by work life and all of the benefits that we know helps businesses. Yeah. Um, but for bigger businesses. So basically all the same perks as co-working, but with their own front door. Yeah. And, and, and the view, sorry, the view there yeah. is to give big businesses the opportunity for a startup style environment or just flexible and additional work environment or like what do they get from the space? So it's not just big enterprise, but it's like scale-ups, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, The problem yeah. is for co-work, and once you get above 
X number of people, 20, 25. 15 even, it's 15, it may, you know, you may want, it may be expensive, yeah. depending where you go. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, not work club, obviously. <laughs> no, obviously. Uh, but you're, but, you know, you've, you've started to establish that culture. You, you know, you don't necessarily want the shared amenity. You start wanting yeah. your own meeting rooms. But most importantly, you know, you're, you, you don't want to be managing your office. You don't have to deliver a fit-out project. You don't have to yeah, worry yeah. about all of the detail that people don't really see that they take yeah. grants in co-working yeah uh, so you want all of those benefits but at that stage you know you want you want your own, the brand matured and you want your own front door yeah you're yeah. a different stage of business and yeah. I, I we think that's from like a 30 person 25 30 person yeah. business upwards right so you don't have to be an enterprise business to, to be that. doing that yeah no agreed and agreed. you know the um and so that's what we're doing so we're basically leveraging everything that we know and that's from basically how to you know run a space really well and make yeah. sure it's clean and all that all yeah, really boring yeah. basic stuff to all of um, to all of the things that we deliver in the co-working space for these bigger businesses. And a big part of it is that if you are you know a yours business and you take space somewhere with your own space, got your own meeting rooms, you actually get the benefit of accessing all of the work. All of the spaces. other stuff. Yeah, that's actually okay. really really interesting because now, especially with more and more businesses encouraging agile working yeah work from wherever you want at the convenience of you can go book meetings rooms or any of that yeah, you can use yeah. our flex memberships you, you can tap into our events you can do yeah so you can really so if actually you're in manchester you can use the space in manchester if you exactly. then go to Reading the next day you can be there or you, you can go to, to hq right and you yeah. can go to your main office yeah, yeah. where you've got your own meeting your own yeah. space and we're looking after it yeah perfect. it's it, it's interesting and at the moment you know there's not really the options for people are you can either take a traditional lease yeah, you've got to manage it yourself. And yeah, it's most business can't, you know, and all the other stuff that comes along with that, which you don't, most business don't want to do. Yeah, or you go to co, or you know, you, you can go to a co-working space. Yeah, but we think actually, and that can be expensive at that scale. Yeah, and you want to, and we think that the middle ground is, is which is what we call like the which, what the market's now calling a managed office. Yeah, is really the next growth in the flex market. Yeah, that's yeah. where. We see a big, big going next. I think that's where there's going to be the big growth, right? Yeah, co-working's had. Yeah, yeah. Think demand's going to continue to grow, and there'll be more spaces and you know more located, more operators. But the next tier up and having that fully managed. I think that's 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 where we think it's going to be a really yeah big growth market. With, with the next stage comes the next level of expectation. 100%. I want to give you a frame for thinking. Go so on. Airbnb talk about this eleven-star experience for their design standards. Are you familiar with it? Uh, I've heard of it. Okay. Go on, the, the essence of it is that um, they play effectively in the hospitality space or steal business from hotels. Yeah. Um, hotels of a five-star rating system. Definitely. Um, in which the uh, experience is designed around three-star and then four-star and then five-star. Yeah. So if you're going to be more than twice as good as the best hotel, um, then what would an 11 star experience look like is their design thinking process yeah yeah um if you liken that to your environment like what does somebody need to get right for a three star how does it become a five star a really and then question. what would make it an 11 star uh there's a few different elements right because this applies pretty much universally i yeah. suspect right is it needs to be clean and you need to be yeah. able to not We'd be able to trust your stuff's not going well, to be one I say, so should I tell you where we see ourselves? Yeah, yeah, We yeah. actually liken ourselves to, so we look at, we actually had this discussion, funny enough. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, we've been talking about it, but we literally were talking about this the other week. Yeah. Uh, and yesterday, funny enough. The, so uh, where we want to be 
is a uh, almost like the Citizen N yeah. of hotels. Yeah, yeah, cool, Force, quirky, and fun. Cool, but... quirky, Forsan, not like the big guys. Yeah. You know, got the right tech, but really personal. Yeah. Um, well priced. Yeah. So we, we view ourselves as a really, really good four star. Very, you know, in terms of like the basic stuff that you, it has to be right. We yeah. really focus on that. So the, the facility stuff, the internet, all the, yeah, like that is a, the basic, basic. Yeah. Uh, and then it's about, uh, and then I suppose our take on it is our, you know, our experience that we want to deliver, which I don't think necessarily uh, will change the star that we are, but yeah. it's just the experience that we want our members to have. I think five star, you've got to get all those basics right, but and you may spend a lot of money on your fit out, yeah, uh, and it will look maybe a bit different. I don't think there'll be necessarily any benefit. Any What's the things that make the difference though between a three and a five? Like, is it the people? Is it the quality of the furniture? Is it the layout of the building? Like, what? And bear, like I get there's lots of different five-star hotels yeah. to, in the same analogy, but like what are the factors by which you decide or others decide to compete on, for example, or what makes, what are the, what are the kind of areas by which companies would differentiate against yeah, well, each other? Actually, aesthetic is a key one, right? Because it's an easy one. You, yeah. you can spend a lot of money on fitting it out, yeah. which we don't think nece- you know, will necessarily... Yield the best, biggest bang it's, for your buck. In right? terms of the happiness piece yeah. and people enjoying come to work, which is what we do. Yeah. You know, our, our man, our, you know, we're not, our goal is not to make everyone come into work like they can be wowed by it. Yeah, yeah. We want it to be cool, but our, when we want people to come in, we want them to feel welcomed and yeah. to have a sense of belonging and feel at home. So it's very different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, it's, you know, in this market, with every so in the co-working market, the flex market, people need to do the basics well. Yeah. Right. You need to do. It needs to be clean. It needs to run well. It needs to be have all the basics done. Yeah. And a five star really is just how much you really want to ramp up that member club hospitality. Okay. Yeah. The aesthetic and the price accordingly. But we yeah, don't want to okay. be. A, we, we've never wanted to be a five star. Yeah. Yeah. We've okay. always wanted to be a really approachable. Yeah. You know, like if you use a coffee analogy, you can go to a lot of different co-working spaces and you'll end up with a macchiato if that's what you ask yeah. for. But it's like, what's the experience of getting your macchiato at Starbucks versus your barista? Yeah. And that's the tri- type of thing. Yeah. So we want it's a to service be, differentiation. Basically. Yeah, and more personal. More yeah. Like, for us, yeah. it's a, personal is the key part. Yeah, perfect. So you may not be able to ring a bell. Get like a concierge. Other, get a concierge, but yeah, you'll be yeah. able to speak to one of our team and they'll... Yeah, they'll, they'll do it. You know, they'll be there for you. No butlers, but no. very good and friendly, and happy people. But you're not paying for it. Right? Uh, yeah, and, and not to say that that is a great thing either, by the way. But the point is, there's listen, there's different strokes for different folks and different businesses, right? <laughs> a hedge True. fund's going to be at. Uh, yeah. And there's some businesses that want to appeal and they try to set their pricing at that. It's like anything. Yeah, right? yeah. What's your target audience? Yeah. Look, we want to attract people that care about their teams. Yeah. And yeah, you don't need, so. and that's the key thing. So everything yeah. we do is around that, and the and you know the personal experience, and you know all Perfect. of the all no, the stuff good. that we've talked about. That's good. I'm going to ask you. It's a good question. <laughs> it's it's it a, a hard question. question. It is a good question. And, and thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and the um, it's the one that people struggle to answer. I think um, a lot when whenever I've spoken to people about like the workplace environment that they want to create for people. Yeah. Is like what. 
what is going to truly live your brand in the way in which you express the experience that people have with you and people don't really know the answer to it and a lot of that comes down to like brand identity and what's going to make them really different because going to the same prep whilst consistency of experience is nice it doesn't and impressive they do and impressive they have built their personality through that level of consistency whereas i think what you're going for is personality at a space level so that the city looks different to the west end that looks different to shoreditch 100 um cool um to finish us off um couple of tips if you don't mind for people listening when they're thinking about their physical environment and how they gear it up with workplace and people's happiness and productivity at the heart of it what would you encourage them to think about in their design of their workplace that's a good question what would we encourage people to think about well first thing is to recognize that is that you know the the office this from a bit from a business owner's perspective yeah right is that you know the 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 offices and the the workplace environment now is really key to their keeping their people happy yeah and they so if you can create that environment and there's loads of ways to do it right through the time i think the really interesting thing is that if you looked about if you looked a few years ago you know like 10 years ago teams would not have a say where they were going yeah on the most part it'd be a company would be put where they found it's easy for their founder to get to or you know it would be (laughs) a cheap rents and that that doesn't fly anymore what's so interesting about when we see uh, i know this is going off the question no no no, the what's really interesting for us is we know we have two stakeholders right we've got the business owner that maybe thinks more rationally but what's yeah. the different the business owner today really recognizes that their company success is now hinged on their team yeah really value their team yeah and the second stakeholder is the, the, the team members right and yeah. they more than ever than we see it when we're interacting with them it's like it's not just the office ma- it's not just the office manager and the ceo coming up yeah you know especially for the bigger businesses the team are involved yeah they choose the location so i think listening to your team is key i think the, it's the power is shifting the power and, and is it shifting should, to right? the people, I think. Yeah, I think, it, it, I think it definitely should. But people recognise that's the biggest asset, right? If you've got an engaged and yeah. happy team. Yeah. I don't, I, I, and I know from personal experience, my time when, you know, before we set the business up, it, it was, you know, people didn't enjoy going to work. Yeah, yeah, completely. And, I, and we recognise, we can't make people love their boss or we can't people make, make people love the work yeah. they're doing. But the one thing we know we can really impact is that experience at work. Yeah. So I think for people, it's recognising, so what, what the advice would be just recognise how important it is and actually involve your team in determining what do you guys want. Yes, for Listen them to, to them. work in rather than 100%. you. 100%. It's, it's right. for them to think about what type of space do you need? Yeah. Where do yeah, you want to be? Yeah. And that's that, I think, is the biggest change because I think, you, you know... Yeah, you would get what you were given before, right? If it was a like a carpet tile floor and a desk that yeah. is at the wrong height. Or the location. But it's like what you guys do. It's like it's now more... It's not just salary anymore. Yeah. It's, the experience counts, right? In a massive way. And it's actually surprised me because I'm from... I'm in that previous asset yeah. Like, yeah. You know, my yeah. background. Yeah. Is not, it was far more yeah yeah traditional yeah in that perspective like people really were financially driven yeah for me the most amazing thing is seeing how many of our team are mission driven yeah really embody the brand uh, and are motivated by different things than what i was used to seeing yeah 
And yeah, so true. And it's that for me has been really, really interesting. That's been like an evolution of my own understanding and thinking about it as yeah. a manager and a business owner. Yeah, it's, I think we are certainly an experienced generation now, right? 100%. Cool, let's end there then, shall we? We're going to make one more. Yeah.